So it's washed and then resold if we believe it can be resold. If it can't be resold because it, it's ruined, we then batch it up and then send it back to our recycler in Spain. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. A huge thanks goes to Daniel Parrick-Hill from Flair for introducing us to this brilliant guest. Thank you very much, Daniel. In this episode, we're talking fashion. We're talking supply chain. We are talking carbon reduction in all its shapes and forms. We're getting into buyback schemes and how to make them work really well. We're talking about why you might want a physical store. We are talking about, what else are we talking about? We're talking about pre-orders and why you should be considering getting your customers to buy the product before it's in your warehouse and the pricing schemes that go along with that, which is right in the top tip section. So make sure you stay tuned for those. Just before we meet our guest, though, I want to tell you about a podcast I've been enjoying recently. It's called Upflip. Do you want a peek behind the curtain to see how profitable businesses start, grow and run? Then you should listen to the Upflip podcast, a show that uncovers how great businesses are built and how others can replicate that success. Each episode features a real world business owner or expert who shares their story, strategies and advice. Listen to the Upflip podcast today to learn actionable insights to start or grow your business. Right, here we go. And please remember to listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips and my own take on this episode. If your tech stack is becoming a bottleneck to growth, it's time to replatform and you should check out Shopline. Shopline is the modern commerce platform that's disrupting Europe as one of Asia's leading e-commerce platforms. Whether your bottleneck is setting up more sales channels like social commerce or expanding to new markets globally, Shopline takes care of everything from store setups, checkouts and payments to logistics and more. With single click migration and out of the box tools, they're there to help. The best part about it, you don't need to pay until your site is live. Here in the UK, they power brands like In The Style and Everything £5. Whilst in Asia, they're the platform of choice for huge brands like Lego and Muji. If you want to scale, it's time to book your free trial or have a chat with one of the Shopline team. Find out what Shopline could do for you via ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. 
And now to introduce our special guest. Nick Reed is the founder at Neem London, a men's fashion brand focused on making climate conscious clothing. He has a phenomenal background in men's fashion buying. He was instrumental in taking Charles Territ from 10 million to 200 million and then spent four years driving buying efficiency at Mossbros. Neem London was founded in 2021 and sells via its Shopify store and London shop. And they're now doing four hundred to five hundred thousand pounds a year. Hello, Nick. Hello, Chloe. What a thrilling introduction! Thanks so much. Uh, I am very pleased to be here today. Well, it's brilliant to have you here, Nick. And uh, I think the credit for that intro should entirely rest on your head and not mine, because you're the one who's who's achieved it all. You said it so nicely, though. I, I, thanks very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, how did you get into e-commerce? So, I initially worked really in direct mail catalogue, which then had a natural transition into e-commerce over the last 20, 25 years. So I've been working in menswear for nearly 25 years now. I joined, as you said, Charles Tirrett, uh when it was really a startup, when it was actually below 10 million, and then stayed there for, for over 15 years. And there I w- learned the fundamentals of initially direct mail uh, and the management of data and how customer segmentation uh, works, and then also uh, all the beautiful things such as lifetime value and uh, cost to acquire. And there we saw a movement, as you'd expect, from catalogue into e-commerce. And Charles Sirrett were a very early e-commerce brand, actually. They were selling uh, online as early as uh, 2000. So there... I understood how important it was to grow a business in alliance with physical. Uh, And I do believe that the the channels need to work as much as they can concurrently. But e-commerce is in my roots, really, because of Charles Tirrett. And I I like the fact you mentioned about that kind of duality of channel, because you're still pretty early stage in Neem, and yet you've already got a physical store. Was that part of your plan from day one, was we are doing the physical and the virtual? It was, in uh, conjunction with uh, a negotiation of nice lease deals, really. So (laughs) only if we could find pop-up rents that were attractive. So we believed that physical was essential because we are focused on decarbonising the supply chain, that is quite a complicated message. And sustainability generally is a very confused message. And in fact, in the business, we we tend not to use the word sustainable or sustainability at all. It's quite difficult to succinctly express what we're doing within a strap line. I mean, the strap line we use at the moment is style that doesn't cost the earth. But in a store, those conversations can be quite deep and wide and therefore you can learn what it is whether it's water usage whether it's post-consumer waste whether it's transportation what dyes you're using or even social and living standards within the supply chain customers will quite often be interested in different aspects of the supply chain and in written and video and visual literature it's quite difficult to express that as clearly especially in this phone world that we now operate in where people jump from channel to channel and tend not to focus on a channel or a video for too long whereas in store you've got a captive 
audience who you can have quite a deep and thorough conversation with. So in answer to, to, to the question, yeah, it, we, we wanted to do it in alliance, both store and, and e-com, but only if it's profitable. And gosh, that is hard work to try and make physical work profitably uh, because of uh, rentals and uh, business rates and, and staffing costs. But so far, uh, we're doing okay. And uh, we plan on opening up a, a, a second one this year. Oh, congratulations. I think your your first comment there on if we could find the right lease terms is, I think, the be-all, end-all of any physical retail strategy now. I think if you go, yeah, we're going to open X number of stores, it's like, no, only if we find the right leases has to be front and centre in there. So love that you were saying that, that front up. And Nick, I also wanted to ask you, you've gone from working for massive, <laughs> I mean, like, massive fashion brands to starting up a business from scratch how did you decide it was time to go right back to day zero in a business and start from from the beginning how did you come to do that I think first of all my my, my wife thinks I'm absolutely mad <laughs> and I'm behaving like a 28 year old with a with a startup rather than a, a middle-aged man with three kids so it proves to be challenging. The simple reason is that I came from a position that in order to create a brand that was clean and was focused on creating a product that was as clean as possible and low energy, you had to hard code it into the brand from day one. So it was impossible to, to go into, and, and I'm privileged enough that I still consult with slightly larger brands, but both on a, on a sustainability basis, but also on a on a on a supply chain basis, a product development basis, and, and it's it, it really is very difficult to clean up your supply chain at any pace when unfortunately and this isn't always the case, but quite often it is more expensive to use a lower energy, biodegradable, recyclable yarn and use makers and manufacturers that are using renewable energy and dealing with the product at end of life and taking responsibility for the product that we're bringing into the world. And in essence, I sense that in order to create something that was new and different, we had to create it from day one. And we take a simple approach that when we take a decision, the simple question is well what's the lowest impact what creates less energy and that therefore is how we make decisions within the business whereas in a larger business uh, it, it's quite difficult to do that because it, it may not drive as much profit in the short term whereas hopefully if we're playing the long game it will drive profit but in the short term it, it, it may not. So it's that, that opportunity to build it in from day one rather than try to retrofit and create a brand that does all the right things, essentially. That's right, yeah. So uh, it has to be hard-coded from day one. It has to be within the, the raise and jetra of the business that this is how we, we, we quantify whether it's the right or the wrong thing, but what, 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 what consumes less energy and uh, ensuring that the energy that is being consumed is, is the cleanest than it can be. And you, you mentioned earlier about the fact you don't really use the word sustainable. I mean, I have to say personally, I think the word sustainable is becoming almost as meaningless as the word e-commerce in that everyone has a different definition of what it means. So how did you go about defining your definition of style that doesn't cost the earth or conscious clothing 
And has that evolved since day one at all? A little bit, but not tremendously. My definition is we want to create a product with the lowest carbon emissions possible, both in the supply chain and in the post-purchase consumer use phase. So carbon emissions comes back to energy and fashion and textiles is a highly intense business and industry when it comes to energy you know the growth of the product that they're spinning weaving or knitting manufacturing stitching of the garment transportation of the garment you know 30 40 percent of garments that arrive into this country are flown in and then post purchase uh, how you wash it how you treat it and then what happens to it where does it end up so so our definition was simply that we want to create a product with the lowest emissions we can, uh, but both uh, in the manufacturing uh, phase and taking responsibility for that product. And we actually buy product back from customers. So uh, when they, they've worn it for, for more than nine months, we'll send them an email and we'll offer them both cash and credit for us to take that product back so we can manage the resale of the garment. So we've brought this product into the world. It's an asset. We take responsibility for that product. So we want to manage it post consumer waste purchase as well. So we're we're managing it throughout the entire life cycle of the product. But in answer to your question, sustainability to me is just creating a product with the the lowest CO2 impact possible. Got you. And I love the fact that you've you're taking that post-purchase scenario by the horns and kind of giving it good old shake. But so I was, I was kind of assuming you probably have a buyback scheme. But to be proactively emailing the customers after just nine months seems quite an eager one to my mind. Is that quite a normal frequency you'd, you'd think to do that? I think after nine months, it's clear whether the customer loves the garment and will wear it for years or whether they like the garment and it might sit in a wardrobe. And our view is that if it's the latter, which we hope it isn't, we hope they love it and and, and will keep it for many, many years and will continue to, to, to repair it. But if it's a like, and we've all got products that we've bought and they aren't quite perfect for whatever reason, uh, but they sit in our wardrobe, we would rather remove it from the wardrobe and pass it on to someone who doesn't have the opportunity to purchase Neem because of the selling prices that we're currently selling at. So therefore, we're opening the market to a slightly lower socioeconomic group that it can buy one of our overshirts at 40, 50, 60 pounds rather than the prime new product at 150 60 70 pounds i think that's so brilliant that you're you're going we don't just care about stopping it from going into landfill so you know kind of like grabbing it at the last minute and bring it back into the fold but going is it sat in the back of your wardrobe have you not worn it for six months in which case let's have it back and we'll make you happy and we'll make someone else happy and make use of that garment because I think it's really easy to think about the production process it's really easy to think about the eventual landfill moment but actually there's so much wrapped up in the I guess the carbon per wear one could call it well that's right and also carbon per wash we focus heavily on fabrics that that don't need to be washed as often and product that often is worn against the skin and doesn't need to be washed after every use because uh, as, as a society we've become used to wearing something for a day and then putting it in the laundry bin. But it's also a, a way of engaging with the customer in a private way 
and engagement and communication with the customer needs to be at every level, you know, pre post purchase. So emailing them and, and creating a conversation again, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about in store conversations lead to conversions and it's the same on, on an e-commerce perspective. If you're, if you're sending private emails or at least to the customer, they look private, then uh, using Klaviyo or, or whichever CRM platform you use, then you're, you're engaging the customer in a, in, in a conversation so that you're reminding them of of neem and 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 what we're doing without hopefully pestering them too much and what do you do with you said you're selling them you know at a lower cost the second hand items that you're buying back in are you kind of re reconditioning them before you sell them are you selling them via the neem site itself are you using a different channel to get that to those consumers well it's still early days because you're only been going for just over two and a half years so that the plan is that yeah we wash them and then we we partner with a, a company called charles who then have a clever bit of tech that that plugs into the main uh, resale platforms, you know, eBay, Vintage, Depop, that then uh, market our product using mostly prime imagery, so that, that the imagery that you see on the Neem site plus one or two of the actual product so the customer can see the state. So it's washed and then resold if we believe uh, it can be resold. If it can't be resold because it, it's ruined, we then batch it up and then send it back to our recycler in Spain, which is where we buy our recycled yarn for our recycled shirts. Got you. So it's it's still clearly a Neem item of clothing but it's not on your website you're you're leveraging the marketplace scenario to sell it on that's right as well as uh, we've we've sold a few second hands in the shop at the moment we're, we're, we're mostly selling second hands in the shop from other brands because we run a take back scheme uh, I, I built this supply chain that enabled us to we only work with fibers that can be re- recyclable post-consumer use uh, and we tested those with the recycler in spain where, where they spin the yarn and we offered a take-back scheme where if you send us your old shirts, we offer you a £30 Neem credit and then realise that we weren't going to get many Neem shirts back for, for two and a half years. It's only now starting to happen that we're getting a few shirts back. So uh, from day one, we've been offering a take-back scheme on any brand. So it's those brands that we've been selling uh, in, a, in a small way in store that customers have returned to us that we then sell on in the store for anywhere between 20 and 40 pounds as well as batching up the ones that can't be resold and then sorting them in the UK and then sending them back to the the, the recycler and shredder in, in Spain. Wow. I, I love what you're doing and I think you've given the audience loads of great ideas around that. But Nick, it would be remiss of me given your history in buying and all the stuff you've been doing on, in the supply chain, to ask, you know, for those who are, and you you know, you've done a phenomenal job at Neem of, of reducing that carbon from your supply chain and you're working with other brands to help them reduce it. For anyone who's listening, who's going, I want to make my supply chain more carbon neutral or, or less carbon heavy. Where do they start? Where's a good place to get moving on that? I think running life cycle assessments really so we, we use two companies one called green story another called be earth because of the fact that it's a an estimation using the data that's available so we need to, to challenge them both as to how they're 
assessing and analyzing the data. So a life cycle assessment is, is where you, you track the impact of the product as, as far down the su- supply chain as you're able to. And hopefully, you know, in Neem's case, we can track it back to farm in the case of our regenerative cotton and regenerative merino, uh, and then back to, to spinner in the case of our recycled cotton. And then a third party pulls out energy certificates, methods of manufacturing and transportation, and then estimates carbon emissions, water usage. And then uh, you have a base report of which you can improve from. And there are companies now starting to make this, such as Green Story and Be Earth as well, uh, make this a, a little simpler and user-friendly. Whereas initially when we were doing it three years ago, it, it, it was very time consumptive and the databases hadn't been built to deliver the estimated carbon emissions per product quickly. Whereas now these clever companies have built the tech that you can plug in the information in, into a their platform for a fee, of course, and, and they will estimate the impact of the product. So I would urge anyone that sort of has a continuity product that they sell, you know, you know a proportion of their business is driven revenue-wise from a certain product to run a life cycle assessment on that product. And in fashion, you're able, in fact, in this country to only measure scopes one and two, which accounts for about 10% of total emissions within fashion, uh, and say that you're carbon neutral, uh, whereas uh, scope three, which is you know the product that you're bringing into the country and that you're manufacturing and that you're making money from, is where the impact is, uh, and that's the impact that you're causing on the planet. Uh, so therefore, you should measure that. So just start small with a with a life cycle assessment on on something that you know that you're likely to be running uh, in the next couple of years, and that will give you a base level to work from. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. If your tech stack is becoming a bottleneck to growth, it's time to replatform, and you should check out Shopline. Shopline is the modern commerce platform that's disrupting Europe as one of Asia's leading e-commerce platforms. Whether your bottleneck is setting up more sales channels like social commerce or expanding to new markets globally, Shopline takes care of everything from store setups, checkouts and payments to logistics and more. With single click migration and out of the box tools, they're there to help. The best part about it, you don't need to pay until your site is live. Here in the UK, they power brands like In The Style and Everything £5, whilst in Asia, they're the platform of choice for huge brands like Lego and Muji. If you want to scale, it's time to book your free trial or have a chat with one of the Shopline team. Find out what Shopline could do for you via ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me.
me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, Nick, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Nick, are you ready for the top tips? I am. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, it's not actually a business book, but it's uh, more of a, a, a planet climate change book. I would recommend uh, a book called Hannah Ritchie, which is not the end of the world, which is a more optimistic view of climate change. We all need the optimistic books on the subject um, <laughs> to get to keep us through. I haven't heard of that one. I will be getting a copy of that shortly. So thank you very much for that one. Traffic top tip next. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, it probably does get the press, but but referrals for me is is, is so often it's it's via friends. So so referrals with a bit of mix of PR. In fact, we operate on a what we call a f- Zuck policy, where we don't spend a penny on uh, meta advertising. So that forces the marketing in a much stronger way around uh, referrals, PR, and then if I'm allowed third one, which you give me the, um, the pleasure to do so, I'd say, of course, physical as well, because it operates in a way that allows you to have conversations with customers. I love the fact you've gone on the referrals route. Um, everyone, by the time you hear this, there will have been a word beeped there. You will have to use your imagination for what rum, rhymes with Zuck <laughs> is fairly negative. Um, <laughs> a bit of a brilliant policy uh, that I wholeheartedly support, especially the name I just wish Apple would let us say it. <laughs> um, uh, Nick, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? A meme could not operate without Telegram. Uh, we use Telegram as our way to, to communicate, uh, build groups, measure uh, and record insights. So Telegram is our preferred tool and I absolutely uh, love it. I know a lot of our listeners won't be familiar with Telegraph, Telegram even. Yeah, Chloe can't even say it. Telegram. Can you give us one example of how you use it so people can get a better idea of it, please? For us, it's just a, another form of WhatsApp, but it's not WhatsApp. So we have so many groups set up on Telegram, could be the CRM group, it might be the store rotor group, it might be the PR group, it could be the audit group that's doing the VAT returns, it could be the SEO group. So, uh, and because we bring in quite a lot of freelancers on an hourly or, or, or project basis, that then allows us to bring people into the business and to communicate directly in an efficient way to get jobs done quickly and therefore the people on the group can then see what's going on surrounding that particular topic and then also you're not sort of wasting time with unnecessary communication with regards to you know email because email is is difficult to sort and filter because you're not building groups so it's a little bit of slack it's a little bit of whatsapp but we use uh, telegram and the other reason telegram is so good is so few people use it so when you bring people into the business either on a 
a part-time freelance or, or permanent basis they aren't using it for anything else so it's a bit sneaky of us really because no one misses anything because they're only using telegram for neem whereas slack tends to be used within other businesses as does whatsapp cunning and a great explanation thank you so much for that nick uh the carbon top tip what's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce store well two ways lca that i've already said but we use pre-order we use a, a brilliant little company called flare we've shown that pre-order scarcity drives conversion and people were suspicious of it but we're finding that we can sell 20 to 30 percent of our product before the product has even arrived and in some cases we've actually sold via 3d avatar as well so that allows you to sell a product before you've actually sampled it uh, but pre-order gives you insight into sales both at a top level but also at a sizing level at a much earlier date and we offer a discount on pre-order and we have a slightly mad pricing policy at Neem where if you order it 12 weeks in advance you get as much as 20% off and that discount diminishes uh, the closer to the delivery date and in some cases if we don't repeat order the product and repeat ordering is about 30-40% of our total product range but if we don't repeat order, we increase prices as we run out of the stock. Uh, so we sort of flip the pricing on its way because we don't really run seasonal collections. So pre-order, I would encourage everyone to, to have a look at. I love the fact you mentioned pre-order. Uh, and we've actually had Daniel from Flair on the podcast before. So everyone, Oh, brilliant. Yeah, everyone listening, I will tell you about that after we say goodbye to Nick. But the, the pricing flipping on its head, it's kind of like in every other industry... The scarcer the product is, the more you pay for it, you know, but but yet we discount our end of lines rather than the opposite. So it's kind of like you're almost going back to economic first principles. That's right. I mean, I also come from a position that, that seasonality outside the depths of winter and the height of summer, uh, we're generally wearing the same thing for eight, nine months of the year, perhaps with a, with a coat over the top or some, some shorts and lighter dresses in summer. So seasonality is being driven actually not by the consumer always, it's being driven by the retailer. So they're bringing stock in and they're putting them sells under too much pressure with rate of sale uh, to drive through the product that then is meaning that they're having to mark down bring new stock in whereas uh, we're happy to to sit on stock for a little longer at neem which means that we can we're not putting ourselves under pressure with force markdown that then allows us also to increase prices if something has sold well. And you know, as, as you say, in that sort of airplane pricing modeling, that we, we increase prices closer to the, um, to the delivery date. Excellent. Well, look, Nick, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social? Uh, we can find us at 7 Piccadilly Arcade. Please pop down. We love a conversation. So pop down to us. That's the one between uh, Piccadilly and German Street. Uh, we're online at Neem London. We've just launched a, a sparkly new website. So please have a look at that. Uh, and then at Instagram, we're at Neem Londoner. And then um, LinkedIn, just find me as Nick Reed. And would love to have a chat with anyone that would like any insight to anything we've discussed today. Brilliant. Thanks, Nick. And you're also available for consulting for fashion businesses too. Is that right? 
I am, yes, I'm doing a bit with um, Gandhi's, which are a great little purpose-built business at the moment, and then um, a couple of others, yeah, but as I'm able to, yeah, would, would, would love to help anyone that, that, that needs any support. Brilliant. Well, look, Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I love what you're doing with Neem, and um, I wish you all the best for the future, but thanks so much for being here and sharing so much with us all. Thank you very much. Lovely to be with you. Great to catch up with someone who has so much experience of the buying and the supply chain side and, in fact, every angle of e-commerce and retail. She's worked for, you know, massive businesses over the years and to understand the kind of the reasoning of why he's now creating a startup and all those those big thoughts. It's almost like he's created a test case for a fashion brands becoming sustainable. So many of the big talking points that they've got nailed there. And I thought the take back plan to kind of bring other demographics into the, the brand, but also buying back from other brands was quite an interesting angle. And then it also being about not being kind of reactive in the buyback sense i.e. just leaving it until someone can be bothered to go oh look that's in the back of the wardrobe i'll send it back but to go you've had it for nine years nine months nine years no uh you've had it for nine months do you love it or should we buy it back and get you something you will love i think that is great for the business because you're getting back better quality product that you can then extend the lifespan of in terms of carbon per wear but you're also making your customers happy and giving them a reason to come back and buy from you again it's kind of like a a very very virtuous circle so loads of really of interesting little nuggets in there i think you will uh that's going to give you a lot to think about i think that's one you might need to mull on and have another listen to you can get the notes from this episode including the top tips and links to the things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast you can use, also use our direct episode short links. Just put ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the right page on the website. You should be able to find that link in the information about this episode wherever you're listening. And when you get to the website, please add yourself to our email list so we don't miss out on telling you about any of the things we share to help you improve your business. And if you liked this episode, I told you I would tell you about this later. This is where I'm going to tell you about it later. If you like this episode, then check out our conversation with Daniel Parrick Hill, where we do a pre-orders deep dive, episode 468. And that's the one that uh, Nick mentioned in his Carbon Top Tip. So 468 with Daniel Parrick Hill talking about pre-orders. Just scroll up your feed. And if you want more on fashion, head to the website ecmp.info forward slash fashion for all our fashion episodes. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. Make sure you're subscribed and following because next episode we kick off our annual B Corp month celebration. Yeah, we're going to be doing more sustainable stories. We're kicking that off with an epic guest from a brand I have been trying to get on for ages who fly the flag for sustainability and B Corp and all sorts of good things. It's a fascinating chat packed with ideas and things you could do because the guest is a genius as well as the brand being a genius. So make sure you're tuning in for that. And remember, I bring you a new episode every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimising. 
Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If your tech stack is becoming a bottleneck to growth, it's time to replatform and you should check out Shopline. Shopline is the modern commerce platform that's disrupting Europe as one of Asia's leading e-commerce platforms. Whether your bottleneck is setting up more sales channels like social commerce or expanding to new markets globally, Shopline takes care of everything from store setups, checkouts and payments to logistics and more. With single click migration and out of the box tools, they're there to help. The best part about it, you don't need to pay until your site is live. Here in the UK, they power brands like In The Style and Everything £5. Whilst in Asia, they're the platform of choice for huge brands like Lego and Muji. If you want to scale, it's time to book your free trial or have a chat with one of the Shopline team. Find out what Shopline could do for you via ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e.